What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to HTS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo Esports podcast. This episode 290 for the week of June 4th, 2023. The title of this week's episode is Shakeups in the Standings, Dallas Global Invitational Post Show. My name is Josh, a.k.a. JK Fire. This week I'm joined by the man in the new Twins hat and are uh, not available anymore. Uh, fucking... How do you, how the, do we explain was, that again? It was the champion merch that we, we call yeah. yeah, the champion line. The champion line. Will, a.k.a. I'm Mr. Mayhem. Will, how are you doing on this Tuesday evening? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, some shit went down yesterday. I'm sorry. The delay is on, on me, but we're here and ready to go through our post show. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about all the events that went down oh. during the weekend. Oh, a lot happened. Um. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to everybody who's tuning in the live show right now. We have Ash, uh, Mouse, Tara, Juan, Riz Tools, welcome back, Fox Too Quick, Captain Mo, Danny, thank you for the resub again, Danny, Aaron, um, Fine Guy, Ronan, Godzilla, Ben Jammin, Crunchy Dad, yeah it is. Uh, Coded and Pharaoh, welcome back, guys. Hope everyone's having a great night. We have a lot to fucking discuss. Will, do you want to know what's on this week's episode of the show? What do we got? Our topic of the Dallas Global Invitational Post Show, because fucking duh. <laughs> Halo Infinite gets an update, breaks the game, and the update goes away. Yep. A closer look into what is coming with Halo Infinite Season 4. Toro, welcome to the live show. Uh, Danny asks, Will, what's it going to take you to say daddy like Josh? I have a plan for that, and it will happen when it happens. He does have a plan. Well, without further ado, let's get into some competitive news. A little something for the EU Halo community. This is by uh, Kalen of Europa Halo. Halo community starting to put together a project at a venue later this year. Who are your favorite content creators, casters, and personalities in the scene? Uh, Mainly EU-related, by the way. So if you know any EU uh, content creators, Halo personalities, whatever it may be, reach out to him. Do it up. Real quick before I continue. Tiger Tom, Lucid's dad, says, mm. Okay, boys, Papa Lucid here, just dropping in to say hello. Obviously disappointing from Dallas. However, remember, we have the world champs to follow, and of course, my son, the current league MVP. All right. All right, enough <laughs> gas here. Uh, they'll be victorious at the next LAN event. Take that from Papa Lucid, Realm of Reality. Let's go, boys. Well, I mean, I, it is your home event, so I would hope so. It, 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 we'll get to preseason predictions and all that later. So... There's that. And then Daddy with the gifted sub to all in Juan. Thank you very much for the gifted sub. You get a woo! There it is. There it is. All right. <laughs> oh, this was funny, guys. Ready for this? Three cap for Argyle and Pitt, aka Empyrean, in ranked and competitive? Well, it was until it broke the game. This is by many. Maddie asks, uh, not Maddie Rums, by the way, but Maddie asks, is it going to be three flag cap for Arlington for maps Argyle and Empyrean? Hines said, yeah. After DreamHack Dallas, both HCS and Ranked will use CTF three cap for Argyle and Empyrean. Invisiblade asks, looks like Ranked is already three flags. Is it intentionally updated already? And Tashi said, yeah. We wanted to get that updated as soon as we could into matchmaking. <laughs> Guess what? Not anymore. Halo giveth and Halo taketh away. This is my Halo support. First tweet that went out. 
The Halo Infinite team is currently investigating reports of ranked arena matches not awarding competitive skill rank, or CSR, consistently. Stay tuned as we'll provide updates on this investigation and its resolution here. Here's the first update. As a result of the investigation into inconsistent CSR, the three-flag CTF mode has been removed from the ranked arena playlist via a back-end update. And a second update tweet came out and said the following. The Halo Infinite team has confirmed that CSR rewards are back to their normal levels after yesterday's removal of three-flag CTF. You can submit a ticket if you're still seeing the issue. Three-flag CTF will return to ranked arena once the underlying issue is fixed. And who the fuck knows when that's going to be? Yeah, I did play some games during the, the CSR mess up. And uh, if you lost, you, you were losing like 12, 13, no matter what. Uh, winning, maybe getting six to nine, depending on performance. So. And Ronan said, I consistently get plus eight for any win, no matter what. Oh, so that there you go. aligns with what you're talking about. Yeah. Hashtag just Halo Infinite things. Next news story. Tylenol announces something amazing for the Arlington Major. This is by Tylenol. He states, now that DreamHack Dallas is over, I wanted to announce that I'll be live streaming the open bracket at HCS Arlington and trying to provide content that really isn't shown to the viewers at home. Praying the setup I got arrives in time. Yo, Lucid's dad with the five gifted subs. Hey. You get a woo! Thank you so much, man. Holy shit. Very generous. God. Look at that. Awesome. That's so nice of you. Can't uh, wait to see you at Arlington. There you go. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, the setup works and everything is, is, is good. He's doing the, like, the backpack the backpack stream. Yeah, like the backpack setup, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so he's he's doing that. He's, he uh, thanked his um the the folks in his stream for, like, allowing him to be able to get that. So that's really cool. And I really hope it does work out. That'd be really, really, really cool to see. Um, tickets for the Global Invitational presented by Space Station Gaming are on sale June 15th, as a matter of fact. Um, so go ahead and buy them on the 15th if you would like to. And uh, I, I imagine slash they're teasing that they're going to do some really cool shit there. Um, especially when space stations involved, I imagine that there's always going to be cool shit happening. Um, I mean, for fuck's sake, they have, so, they have one of the, they have one of the coolest booths at HCS events and they're just a booth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So really get excited for that. Tickets on sale June 15th. If you're planning on going, it'll be in St. Louis, right? I believe. I think. I don't remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, chat, but I think. That's what it is. Yeah, Space Station puts on, puts out, I should say, great content no matter what they're doing. So they do, they do. Fabled Lifter, welcome to the live show. All right, Akuza, welcome back as well. Speaking of the next global invitation, this is by Ash. He says, HCS players, heads up: the 2K and 2K finals on July 16th and 20th have been canceled and are replaced by an SSG pre-qualifier. Another qualifier for a qualifier, perhaps. Uneven, thank you for the two-month resub. You get a woo! And there's Ash. See, there you are. I saw you. I saw you earlier. Bada bing, bada boom. Salt Lake City. I fucking idiot. I apologize. Maddie Rums, thank you so much for the clarification. Salt Lake City, Utah. There it is. It's in Utah. Salt Lake City, not St. Louis. Don't listen to me. It's Salt Lake City. Now listen to me in Utah. There it is. New equipment enters ranked and competitive with season four. This is by many. There is the quantum translocator. In other words, the continuum transfunctioner. 
I'm going to call it that from uh, now dude, on. I, as soon as I saw what it was actually called, because yes, it was leaked a long time ago, but the, once I saw what it was called, I'm like, oh, fucking continue transfuncture. Are you kidding yep. me? Are you kidding me? Perfect. Absolutely. No, the quantum translocator, um, it's a portable portal, if you will. Uh, what happens is when you use it, it'll leave behind like a portal, like a very small portal that I assume enemies would be able to see or else I assume this is going to be fucking broken. Okay, hear me out. So it leaves, you use it, you teleport away, and it, it leaves like a little blip, right? Um, when you activate it again, you will be transported back to that, where that portal was laid. Okay? So like one of the scenes that they showed was a player jumping off with a snipe or something like that. Yeah. Or like killing somebody, grabbing snipe off the body as they're falling down off the map and then uses it because they already laid the portal down and they had sniper in their hand and they're back where they were. Yep. Okay. Um, I, we talked about it in discord for a short second and I'm not going to shit on it until we see it in action. Um, it could be really cool. It could be broken as shit. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. That's all I'll say there. Anything you want to add about the uh, continuum transfunctioner? <laughs> um, it could be. Yeah, you're right. It could be broken. It could work depending on the limitations, the range, all that stuff. Um, I, I think it just depends on how the pros handle it. It seems like such a weird piece of gear for Halo to me. Mm -hmm. But if it works, it works. You just have to wait until it's in everyone's hands. That's right. And then we have the Threat Seeker. The Threat Seeker is a modified um, threat sensor to make it so it'll ping an area. It does not go through walls. Mm -hmm. Okay? So it'll ping an area... And instead of like a ping, ping, ping. Like, like a threat sensor. Yes, it pings once. Yep. And it, it keeps them up for a short duration of time. But it does not go through walls. Okay? So there's that. And Clutch was talking about it on the desk. And he said, we wanted a way, this is paraphrasing here. They wanted a way to introduce the threat sensor back into competitive, but tweak to actually be used in competitive. And what they came up with was the threat seeker instead of the threat sensor. So Ikuza says on a real, why does the quantum trans uh, locator sound like a sex toy straight out of the spider verse? No, 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 no. It's the continuum transfunctioner from dude. Where's my car? There you go. Maddie, not Maddie rums asks, are we playing with the new equipment on Argyle and streets for HTS Arlington, or will that be after? Tashi says, after Arlington. We'll reveal soon what maps they're on. They'll go into the playlist right away, though. And then... There you go, Pharaoh. Pharaoh gets it. And Daddy gets it, too, man. <laughs> Mouse, yes! Oh, man, remember we did a watch party for we, Dude, we, Where's My Car? We did do a watch yeah, party. We did. That was when we first started going live. Yeah, it's a great great movie, though. Great movie. Speaking of Arlington, see all these segues that I'm doing with the news? It's like it works out. This is by the HCS. Registration is now live for pool play and travel coverage at the HCS Major Arlington, hosted by Optic. 
The top teams via HCS points in each region will qualify for pool play or travel coverage to play in the open bracket. Pool play includes the top six North American teams. Now you may be asking yourself, what about the top eight teams? Well, it's actually the top eight, but it takes into consideration the top two from Dallas auto qualifying. Okay. So the two teams in North America that place the top it at Dallas will auto qualify for pools. Therefore phase phase and SSG. Cool. 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 Then the other top six based off points for North America, top two for EU top one for Mexico and top one for Australia, New Zealand open bracket travel coverage will be seventh and eighth for North America, third, fourth for EU second for Mexico and second and third for Australia, New Zealand. Uh, buff ginger. I still love that name with a seven month resub. You get a, woo! thank you very much, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Registration is in the link in the Google doc of the show. Although the team should fucking do that already. If they haven't, it closes Sunday, June 11th. So this Sunday at 6 PM Eastern daylight time with this in mind, spoiler alert for the topic of the show. The auto-qualified North American teams for Arlington pool play include, or at least should be based off points. And Maddie, I'm taking your tweet into consideration here. If the points are what they are supposed to be, and it's using the right rule set from the updated rules that have been released most recently. Okay. I saw a thread that was that you and somebody else, I, I forgot who it was, but you, you and Lavid were going back and forth upon with like the points and the, and all that shit. I'm going based off the tweet. So it would be the top eight phase SSG optic native red native white Shopify complexity and hive. If that is correct. And if those points are correct, this also means that both G1 and Sentinels would need to fight through open bracket pending the above eight teams register ahead of the deadline. Wow. Yep. It's going to be a crazy open bracket. Let me just say this. I saw all weekend long, all the monster hate that was happening in the Twitch chats on Reddit, whatever it may be. During our topic of the show, I am going to bring cold, hard facts to the table, Will. Oh. For better or worse, for Monster. Okay? Okay. Cold, hard, statistical facts. So there you go. We'll have to wait and see. Rant incoming? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I'm just pissed at people. I'm just pissed at people being assholes for no reason whatsoever, uh, uh, whatsoever, other than he's been caught cheating before. He's definitely doing it now. Yet there's literally been no concrete evidence out there that proves that he has. Okay. So I'm just, I, I'm not trying to defend the kid because I like, I don't know him. I'm just going based off of what we do know. And what we do know is he hasn't been banned. Okay. Godzilla. I didn't like it very much. I'll be honest. Invisiblade cold. That's why you're wearing a hoodie. Also high. Uh, it does get chilly down here. We do have the door closed because we don't want my daughter coming in here. 
um, which means it will probably get warm. I know we're off topic here, but uh, I typically always wear a hoodie. So I may or may not take it off, but yeah. So let's get into it. Just kidding. That's it for the regular news. I mean, the, the regular news, the competitive news. What am I talking about? What are you doing? Oh my God. Oh, I'm scared talking about monster. Oh, spoopy. Um, smiley with the five gifted. You get a, whoa, thank you so much, man. Greatly appreciated. Super nice of you. God, Damn. what a nice guy. Um, and Boehm did play well. Boehm absolutely played well. And we're, we're going to give, we'll give native red their flowers. Are you kidding me? I'll absolutely give Native Red their flowers. Don't you worry. We we disperse, like we distribute um, praise and criticisms fairly around here. Okay. Will, what do we got next? Rustermania! All right, a few things to note here. Um, a couple of these things happened during the the dream hack, whatnot, Proton Gaming signs Squalli. Officially now. Yep. Uh, Bittersweet signs a former Vertex roster of Ninjastics, Ryu, Divinity, and Scoobmeister. Scoobmeister. And then, of course, as talked about in the chat here, Boom steps in for Druck at DreamHack Dallas. Now, before everybody, uh, yo, Danimals, welcome to the live show. And Harbinger, thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. Th- Let's just set something straight right now. We're not going to get into a whole topic of debate around, oh, it's the HCS's fault that Druck wasn't there. Oh, it's Druck's fault that he wasn't there. Oh, it's Native Red's fault that Druck wasn't there. Oh, blah, 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 blah. The fact of the matter is, is that there, there's still issues on him getting a visa. Like, they're working through it. And apparently, the Canadian government is slow. Okay? So we're not going to delve into shit. It sucks that he wasn't able to be there, but it is awesome that Bohm performed the way that he did. And clearly he has a great rapport with the other players on that team. It's been said multiple times. He's, he's talked about it. That's great. They played awesome. So on and so forth. Is that it for roster mania? Yeah, that's all we got. Your upcoming tournaments of the week presented by NoobComedy.com. Check out NoobComedy.com for all your Halo Esports needs. On Tuesday, June 6th, we have the Halo Rec League FFA Series. That's today. On Thursday, June 8th, we have the Stadium Spartan Series Mini Cup number two. On Saturday, June 10th, we have the Classic Halo League FFA Series Week number two. And June 11th, Sunday, we have the Stadium Spartan Series Mega Cup number two. A lot of number twos. Not not number twos. Tool says, according to sources, Druck is 99% going to be at Arlington. Well, hopefully... That turns into 100%. Because that'd be awesome. That's it for your upcoming turns of the week presented by noobcomma.com. Check out noobcomma.com for all your Hey Louise sports needs. We don't have any scrim tournament league recaps for you because we're going to lead right into our topic, which is the, 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 holy shit, the Dallas Global Invitational Post Show. Will, I told you before we started recording that I'm going to talk a lot. Yep. Well, here we go. This is where I talk a lot. I already talked a lot before. I'm talking a lot now. Okay? Wonderful. I'll just uh, kick back. I brought some uh, Cheez-Its or something. I did say in the tweet, bring your snacks and your beverages. It's going to be a long one. Wonderful. (laughs) Should I run run to my car and get my water? (laughs) 
Feel free to if I you for, want to. I forgot about we're gonna we're gonna break down the series, and Will, I want you to chime in with anything that you would like to chime in with as well. Okay. Okay. But if you want to go get your water, I'm not gonna stop you from ah, getting your nah. water. I can't. I can't just leave. Oh I'm my fine. god. Okay. All right. You know, we we are we do what we want here, Will. That is true. It is. It's very true. <laughs> Let's talk about pool play first. <laughs> in pool A, there was one series that I wanted to discuss. It was Hive going up against Shopify. Game two was Slayer on Aquarius. Going down to the absolute wire, Hive with a 49 to 48 lead. Neuronical had the game in his hands for Hive with two players on Shopify directly in front of him. But unfortunately, he just didn't have a clear enough angle. And even with thrust at his disposal, it was Ryanoob clutching up and getting the last two kills needed to steal the game away from Hive. They won 50 to 49. Game three was CTF on Argyle, you know, that versatile trash pile. What in the absolute fuck was this game? Shopify get the first cap of the game in less than two minutes from when the game started, and then neither team proceed to capture the flag until overtime once the game clock is run out. Shopify are able to get the game tying cap to send into a sudden death overtime round, but that's not all, folks. No one caps a flag within the five-minute overtime round. So we get to go to a fresh restart. First flag capture wins. Well, Hive repeat what they did at the beginning of the very first game, capturing the flag within the first two minutes to eventually win the game two to one once it was all said and done. That's nearly 19 minutes of CTF Argyle with only three captures split amongst two fucking teams. Yeah, bringing it down to three caps isn't going to help. <laughs> Holy shit! Game five was Slayer on recharge. We had almost a repeat of game two, but fortunately for Hive, they got the lead early and were able to maintain it throughout the rest of the game. They win 50 to 47 in the series three to two. Okay. Also, if you want to follow along at home or in the live chat, wherever it may be, um, in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show, exclamation point show notes in chat, I have links to every series stats and every series VOD. So feel free to watch him if you want. Wasn't that the 50-50 tie? No tools, it wasn't. We'll get to that later. Stay tuned. On this episode of HDS Pro Talk, because it's a long one. In Pool B, there were two matches I wanted to focus on. First was Native White going up against Sentinels. Game five. Only want to talk about one game. Game five was Slayer on Recharge. Sentinels had the lead to nearly the midway point in the game, leading by as much as six kills at one point. Native White bring the game back along with the eventual lead, and the game slows to a crawl at the 30-kill mark. Native White continue to expand upon their lead while Sentinels are doing everything they can to get the score back in their favor. Unfortunately for them, nothing could be done, and Native White take the game 50-42 to and the series 3-2. to Fun fact... Both Sentinels in this series and Shopify in the previously mentioned series had more kills than their opponents throughout their entire respective series. But has but as has been said, it isn't always about who has the most kills, but more so who gets the more important kills. Just to note, Sentinels also had exponentially more power weapon kills than Native White during the series, but they still lost. And Ronan, this isn't a rant. We're just going you can feel free to play Diablo. I mean it's it's a great game. But you know, have it on a second screen. Don't fucking navigate away from us, motherfucker. <laughs> the other series I want to talk about was FaZe going up against Native White. Mm. Game three was Strongholds on Streets. 
backs up against the wall, down 0-2 in the series. Native White put on an absolute clinic against FaZe, getting a win in dominant fashion, 250-98. to Have a great night, Tom. We'll see you later. Like I said, looking forward to seeing you in Arlington. As Walshy stated during the broadcast, only one kill separated the two teams in that game. Yet the score differential was 250 to 98. Crazy. Game five was Slayer and Aquarius. As we hear consistently in competitive Halo, a Slayer doesn't really start until the 30 kill mark. And that case rings true here as well, with both teams remaining neck and neck with lead changes happening all throughout up to a 33 kill tie. It was at that point when FaZe went on a run to end the game 50 to 37, preventing the reverse sweep by Native White and winning the series 3 to 2. Let's talk about Pool C. First up, Optic Gaming going up against G1. Game 1 was CTF on Empyrean. Tied 2 to 2 with 2 minutes 2 minutes left on the game clock. Optic execute their master plan. This time deciding to leave OS alone but solely focus on rockets, which they're able to receive while also taking out three out of four members of G1. Sab being the only left alive, being able to grab OS uncontested. Trippy grabs the flag while G1 members spawn at tower and begin to make their desperate push to try and stop this flag run. Formal puts not only his two rockets to good use, but also the sniper hanging out in his back pocket for the triple kill along with the back smack against Falcated for the overkill. Trippy caps the flag without resistance. G1 make one last stitch effort to make a run of their own, but are unfortunately stopped in their way to the long haul. Time expires and Optic win the game 3-2. Game 3 was strongholds on streets. G1, after their rallying back win on Game 2 Slayer, keep the momentum in their favor. They win the game convincingly, 250-134. to Game 4, King of the Hill on recharge. Optic wasn't going to take that loss lightly, and they bounce back. They win it 4-1. to And Game 5 was Slayer on Aquarius. G1 had the early game lead, but Optic had the late game lead. Which, you guessed it, means Optic take the win, 50-44 to in the Series 3-2. It was yet another instance of a losing team having more kills in the Series. Just a fun fact, you know? It wasn't like fun facts. Hmm. Next up was Quadrant going up against G1. Remember Quadrant, guys? Didn't they have a great fucking tournament? Game 5, Slayer on Recharge. Quadrant with the ice, taking the very late game lead 44 to 42 with less than 30 seconds left in the game clock. Knowing G1 needed to make a move in order to not only try to win the game, but also attempt to prevent the reverse sweep. Three players from G1 flood bottom control where Quadrant were waiting and proceeding to take them out. Game ends 48 to 43 and Quadrant reverse sweep G1. And then probably... One of the craziest that we had was Quadrant against Optic in pools. It's been said that Optic like to wait for their opponents to make mistakes to then capitalize upon them. Unfortunately for them, Quadrant weren't really in the market for making mistakes this series. Instead, Quadrant not only went toe-to-toe with the reigning three-peat champions, they took them to task. Game one was strongholds on recharge. What felt like both teams feeling each other out for the majority of the game Optic are able to surmount a 40-point lead before Quadrant make the game-winning play. Sika sticks APG, Legend takes out Formal, and Trippy is playing Ring Around the Rosie with himself in control before being taken out. Quadrant takes B without issue and proceeds to put the pressure on A, while Optic are all respawning. Not content with the two strongholds, they advance and are able to secure and maintain a triple cap all the way to a 246-174 to lead. Optic attempt to rally back, but it's Quadrant yet again with the final triple cap to win the game 250 
to 197. Game two was Slayer on Streets. Even with a 10-kill lead at multiple points in the game, Quadrant never let their guard up, knowing full well who their competition was in this series. Instead, even when Optic were able to claw their way back to only a 5-kill deficit, Quadrant remained called and waited for Optic to make their move. Both teams were able to trade kills at the last moment for Quadrant to secure the game win 50-45. to In Game 3 was CTF on Aquarius. Optic started off very hot. Getting the first flag cap before a technical difficulty brought the game to a screeching halt. With the restart, Quadrant looked poised to get off on a hot start as well, but Optic were able to make a crucial stop along with a counter of their own to to take the game lead technically 2-0 considering the restart. Optic then get another flag cap to make the lead 3-0. It was then, at three minutes left on the game clock, that Quadrant did basically the unimaginable. To put things into perspective here, Quadrant needed three caps alone to even tie the game, let alone four to win the damn thing. Quadrant score their first with two minutes and 30 seconds remaining. Optic go three dead and Legend is able to run another flag in now with one minute and 30 seconds left on the clock. SLG gets the new camo. Optic are forced to remain in their base while Quadrant applies the pressure and yet run another flag. Game is now tied 3-3 to with one minute left in regulation. Optic on staggered spawns yet again and Legend is able to run and cap the fourth and final flag of the game to not only win 4-3, but to sweep Optic Gaming regardless of being in pool play. Fucking insane. Like, they, they needed three to tie and four to win, and they got the four. Fuck it. Like, wow. Okay. The one everybody's been fucking waiting for. Let's talk about Pool D. Let me take a sip right quick. Okay. Native red going up against complexity. I couldn't give a shit about complexity being reverse swept in this series because all anyone wants to talk about is how monster performs. So let's just do that, shall we? Game one, CTF on Empyrean. He played a perfectly executed team role where everybody did well. Okay. Game two was Slayer on Live Fire. He was the best performer on his team. Game three was Strongholds on Streets. Had the most kills on his team, but also the least amount of assists by far. Game four was King of the Hill on Recharge. Not even the worst performer stats-wise on his team. And game five was Slayer on Aquarius. Again, not even the worst performer stats-wise on his team, and it actually had the least amount of deaths. Overall, he laid down the least amount of damage on his team while having middle-of-the-road stats otherwise and actually having the highest accuracy out of his team this series. Okay? Oh my god, but he got reverse swept! See, he's fucking ass! Shut the fuck up. Jesus Christ. The team got reverse swept. It wasn't just him that got reverse swept. And he wasn't even the worst performer on the team. It's fucking crazy. 
Hammer, to answer your question, no, it was not his first time on a stage like that. Oh, trust me, Daddy, that's not the only stats I have. Just wait till we get later. Let's move on. Complexity went up against Navi. Again, stats. If we're going to talk about Monster having a decent series, we also need to talk about him having a bad series. Okay? Monster had the least amount of kills and damage done in this series when compared to his teammates. On the other hand, he did step up his assist game, having the most on his team. We need to make sure we give credit where credit is due, though, as Cycle and Collect had a phenomenal series. But maybe, just maybe, their teammates, Monster included, were able to help allow those two to be the powerhouses we know they are? Fucking crazy that it's a team-based game, yet we're so focused on one individual. Crazy. Oh. Hammer, I also strongly dislike standard monster energy. Like, this can right here will never get opened. I fuck, it's just, do you like regular monster? No. Oh, it's disgusting, it's man. Bad. It's fucking gross. Next up, we have Nate, uh, Navi going up against Native Red. Now, I want people, like, let's keep things in, let's put things into perspective here. I'm going to talk about this series real quick, and then wrap your head around something for me, okay? Please. So Navi went up against Native Red. Game three was CTF on Aquarius. Unfortunately for Quadrant, they just couldn't recapture that magic that they were able to bring against Optic. But this time, oh wait, no. Maybe I, I misspoke. Um, I think it's Quadrant up against Native Red, not Navi. Or is it Navi? It doesn't matter, whatever. Um, it was Native Red with back-to-back -back flag captures to tie the game three to three and set it to a sudden death overtime round. Native Red capitalized on the fresh round of the final flag cap needed to win the game and take the lead in the series two to one. Thank you, Pharaoh. I appreciate it. I must have had shit fucked up here. Zig, thank you for the three-month resub. You get a woo! Oh. Maybe I have something screwed up here. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I did have... Bear with me. Uh, game four was oddball on live fire with only eight seconds needed for native red to take the first round win. Navi go on an unbelievable run amassing 65 unanswered seconds to win the first round 192. Round two was an absolute blowout by Native Red, shaking off the round one loss with a monumental 100-1 to win. And round three was nearly the same thing, this time by way of Navi winning the round 100-12 to in the game two to one. Game five was Slayer on Empyrean. Well, that was a fucking beatdown. Having a 19-kill lead at one point in the game to then win 50-32 to in the series 3-2. to by Navi, as a matter of fact. So guys, let's put things into perspective here. This was all pool play, okay? This is all pool play. Everybody wants to give shit to complexity for getting reverse swept, for getting reverse swept by Native Red, okay? Complexity, but complexity went on to beat Navi. But Navi went on to beat Native Red. kind of weird 
Kind of weird, huh? So, Will, with that in mind, yeah. let's talk about the results of pool play, huh? In pool A, I think we can we can say here, Will, we were right! We got one. <laughs> we got one. Space Station in first, Hive in second, Shopify in third. And bittersweet, unfortunately for them, were eliminated. In pool B, you were right. I was wrong. Yeah. This is the one that I, you know, you flipped I, on was, I was hoping. I was hoping Sentinels were going to be able to do it. But no, Face Clan in first, Native White in second, Sentinels in third. And unfortunately for Six Karma, they were eliminated. In pool C, we were wrong. Yeah, I think everyone was wrong. Yes. Quadrant taking first. Optic Gaming taking second, G1 taking third, and J-Lings being eliminated. And in Pool D, Will. Yeah. We were right! We did it, ladies and gentlemen. Complexity did end up taking first in their pool, followed by Native Red, Navi, and Awaba Bobs, unfortunately, got eliminated. All three teams had a 2-1 series tie, but due to map count, complexity took first in the pool now here's where shit got fucked up for them because optic did not take first in their pool and how the bracket shook out complexity had a wonderful round one matchup in winner's bracket against the reigning world champions in optic gaming I want you to tell me how you think that went. Because I'll just tell you, Optic 3 Odom. No excuses here in terms of Monster other than going up against Optic as the first match of the day. Worst performer on the team in nearly every statistics. It wasn't acceptable. Like I said, I am here. I am going to give you statistics that will benefit him and also not. Okay. But just wait till later in the show because all these fucking haters acting like he was the worst player in the tournament are going to be far mistaken. They beat them online, though. Online is completely different than land pack. Welcome to the live show, by the way. If there's one thing that we've hit on this show multiple times over and over and over and over again is that online is 1,000% different than what it is on land. You are technically playing the same video game, but they do. It is a totally different environment. It is a different way of the game feels to play. They are not the same at all. Other than the title of the game that you're playing, the maps that you're playing on, the weapons that you're picking up. Okay. I'm sick of hearing this rebuttal that, oh my God, they're so good online or every team is just so good online. Peeking out from under your hoodie? No, I'm actually wearing a native uh, a native shirt, actually. There, native gaming, see? Um, it's People need to stop with the mentality that because complexity are so good online that it's immediately going to translate to land. Because guess what? I'm going to throw this out there too. And guys, you you believe it or not, this is true. A team may do well online, but just not perform in a land environment well enough. Plain and simple. We have seen that Collect is able to do both. No doubt about it. We have seen that Cycle is able to do both. No doubt about it. 
Tusk and Monster, a little bit iffy based on their stats from this tournament. Okay? Phase went up against Hive in the winner's round one as well. Game one was Strongholds on Streets. All right, Hive. We see you. Wait. What was that score again? 250 to 51 against FaZe? Yeah, some wasn't right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Game two was Slayer on Live Fire. Okay, what the fuck is Hive on right now, Will? 50 to 37 again against FaZe? Whatever the fuck it is, I want some of it. Game three was King of the Hill on recharge. All right, all right. This was more like the phase we expected out of this event. And even with Hive fighting until the very end, they just couldn't get a final setup going. Phase take the map win three to two. Game four was CTF and Aquarius. Again, another very close game with Hive taking a 3-2 lead with 30 seconds left on the game clock. But with only 10 seconds remaining, Hive were able to grab the phase flag and bring it all the way back to their base. But phase are ready and waiting. Huss is able to get the flag nearly to the capture point, but as he is taken out, Renegade is able to swoop in and throw the Hive flag out. Overtime runs out and FaZe squeak by with the map win 3-2. And game five was Slayer on Streets. Ladies and gentlemen, we have yet another instance of one team gaining a lead and running with it. This time it was FaZe winning the game 50-42 to while Hive had just tried to make the score more respectable in the end. FaZe complete the reverse sweep. Ronan says, Trippy said they could hear the casters and SSG comms in their headsets at one point. That's fucking weird. That's fucking mm. crazy. Have a good night, Danny. Danny Phantom. What were you going to say? I wonder at what point that happened. It's a good, good question. Native Red went up against Quadrant. Game one was Strongholds on Streets. Native Red start the game off hot, but Quadrant proceed to score nearly 181 unanswered points. 181 unanswered points to win the game 250 to 94. I say nearly because there was a time where like Native Red maybe got a couple points here or there, but like it was, mm -hmm. it was mainly Quadrant the whole way. And game five was Slayer on Streets. The thing I find hilarious about this game is that even being up by eight kills and only needing one more to win the game, Native Red don't even bother making a push toward Quadrant. Instead, nearly two minutes go by before it is Quadrant getting a couple more kills of their own, reducing the deficit to five. Talek finally cleans up the last kill needed for Native Red to win the game 50-44 to in the series 3-2. to It was two minutes of nothing. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't a full team push sooner. That's what and I'm saying. All, all you need is a trade. All they needed was one kill. They got the win anyway, but yeah. like, wow. Let's move to losers round one. Native White went up against G1. Game one was CTF on Empyrean. With only 17 seconds left in regulation and some superb teamwork by Native White, tapping buttons is able to grab the flag while the rest of the squad wiped G1 off the map and into the respawn screen. Tapping buttons was then able to complete the flag run to get the game time capture 3-3 three three and send the game into a sudden death overtime round. 
Even after a rocket blunder by Boo Boo Doo Boo, Sab was able to predict the early repulsor by Mikwin, who also had some overshield remaining, therefore being able to use the final rocket to clean up the kill with his BR. G1 were then able to keep Native White on staggered spawns and run the flag in to win the game 4-3. to three. Once that game was finished, while the others were close, G1 just couldn't stop Native White. They lost three straight, and they were eliminated from the tournament. Shopify went up against Complexity. Back on the Monster Train again. And if we must talk about stats, then believe it or not, this was one of Monster's better showings. Laying down the most damage from his team in the series while also having one less kill than Cycle, who had the most in the series at 57. Game 3 was Oddball on Streets. The only thing I want to mention here is that Monster had all 96 seconds of ball time in Round 1. While still going positive for Complexity just for them to lose the round anyway. We finally had some ball distribution among the other team members in round two for a round win going to complexity. But unfortunately for complexity, they couldn't do anything to stop Shopify in round three. They lost the round 100 to two in the game two to one in the series three, nothing. And yes, veggies, it absolutely was. Quadrant not up against Sentinels. After Sentinels won Game 1 CTF and Empyrean, Quadrant proceeded to absolutely annihilate them in the next three games. Not much else to say here other than Sentinels really need to get back to the drawing board if they ever want an opportunity to fight for the top six placings. I believe they have the talent, but something has to give at this point. And that can be a topic for another day, but man. And the final losers round one match that I want to talk about is Hive going up against Navi. Well, this series had it all. From complete blowouts to nail-bitingly close games. Game three was oddball on streets. Yo, Hunter, what's up? Coming to uh, Complexity Getting Cooked. Wait, I come into Complexity Getting Cooked. Do you all hate to see it? Hunter, let me just say this real quick. First, thank you for the follow. And second, I am actually trying my damnedest to be a monster supporter in a way. I don't believe he's cheating. Plain and simple. I've said it many a time on this show. And also... I am providing cold, hard statistical facts that he wasn't even the worst player at the event by far. Like people, I Hunter, you weren't in here earlier. I don't think you were based off your statement, but like if you ever go back and listen to earlier, I'm, I'm just pissed at people dogging on him for no fucking reason. So there's that. So please, I want, I, I say it all the fucking time, Hunter. I want complexity to do well because we want, Will and I want nothing more than for every team to do well and every team to can be, be competing at the top level. And th all this shit being thrown monsters way, it's just, it, it, it's grating to me. Like it, it just grates my fucking eyes and ears every time I see and hear something about this stupid shit because people just don't fucking people are dumb Hunter says I mean there is a reason he doesn't show up on land cheating or not it's not a good look but that's the thing he didn't show up in a way how do I put this yes he did not perform very well 
But at the same time, he wasn't necessarily dog shit. Like others are saying that he is. I don't think he was dog shit. Just wait till we talk about other players who also played the similar amount of games that complexity did. I want to move on to Hive versus Navi though. Hunter, thank you for being here. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. I'm on streets. Navi lose the first round 100 to nothing. Harbinger, I don't get a shit about online. Already discussed it. Don't give a shit about online. Navi lose the first round 100 to nothing. Then Navi lose the second round 131. So Navi lost game three. Just <laughs> going to throw that out there. Game four, strongholds on live fire. Navi are able to make an unbelievable stop at the Sea Hill while Hive were at the 246 point mark to then rally back and win the game 250 to 246. Fucking crazy. And game five was Slayer and Aquarius. And then we have this game that defies all expectations. Hive have a one kill advantage, leading the game 49 to 48 with members of Navi stuck in their base. Hive go on the offensive to the base thinking that they can't lose. Jimbo gets a kill on Swish to tie the game 49 to 49, all the while Mighty's is one shot trying to run away from the pursuing Hive players. Precision chases down Mighty's, but instead comes to face to face with the defending Jimbo. The two collide and trade kills with one another at the literal perfect second to tie the game 50 to 50 and we're headed to a full replay. In the replay, lead changes continually happen, but Hive clutched up when needed to win the game 50 to 43 and the series 3 to 2. That's a shirt idea. It's a great shirt idea. I agree, Ronan. Moving on to losers round two. Shopify went up against Native White. Game two was Slayer on Live Fire. Down by five kills, 38 to 43. Shopify are able to capitalize on a new overshield that has come up while Barcode attempts to grab uh, after not allowing his shields to fully recharge. The other Native White members drop like flies, including Gilkey, who gets sprayed with the plasma pistol by a one-shot Carmea. Based on that play alone, Shopify bounced right back into the game, not only now only down by one kill, 42 to 43. Fights continue to break out all around green, but it is Shopify who are able to take the slight lead, 47 to 46. One final fight breakout and tunnel, and Shopify are able to take the win, 50 to 47. Ronan, we actually uh, will have merch for the next event ready to go. Uh, Elephant says, I think call, uh, Complexity would rather, would likely do better with a roster change, but doubt that'll happen unless they poach from Hive. Otherwise, they may lose too many HCS points. That's a solid take. Game three with CTF on Aquarius. Mick went with the Argyle camo flag strats to start the game off. What I mean by that is you grab camo and then you grab the flag and you oh. can't be seen by the fucking buddy. Yep. Allowing Native White an early flag cap. Native White will go on to win the game four to three, having the lead basically the entire game. Hunter says we're exploring all of our options. Good luck to you, Hunter. Yeah. Like I said, we just want them to do well. Game four was oddball on recharge from 20 points to 100, all in basically one consistent hold in pipes by native white to take the round one win. Again, this time from 27 to 100, all in basically one hold, native white take the second round win and the game win two to nothing. In game five was Slayer and Empyrean. While I'd love to say we'd be seeing a reverse sweep here, unfortunately for native white, that's far from what happened. 
Instead, Shopify maintained a 10-kill lead throughout the latter half of the game to win 50-40 to in the series 3-2. Native White are eliminated from the tournament. Quadrant went up against Hive. Besides the Game 3 CTF on Aquarius, this series wasn't even close. Hive got obliterated in Games 1 and 2 and then tried to keep things respectable in the CTF, but Quadrant just showed their objective dominance and won in the sudden death overtime round. Quadrant win the series 3-0 and tie their best placing ever for an international team at an international event. Winner's semifinal. Just want to talk about one. SSG went up against Optic. And there's one game I want to talk about, which is game four, King of the Hill on Streets. Let's talk about that last 45 seconds of the game clock. SSG are up two to one and Optic only need two more seconds in the PD Court Hill to tie the game. After pushing out the remaining two Optic players out of A and PD, SSG firmly plant their asses and wait for Optic to make their move. Eco is able to lay bullets in any and every Optic player that goes anywhere near the hill. The time expires and SSG win the game in the series, sending Optic to the loser's bracket. In loser's round three, I was really hoping that this wasn't going to be what happened. I was really <laughs> hoping this wasn't how the bracket was going to shape up, but this is how the bracket shaped up. In losers round three, Optic went up against Quadrant. Oh boy. I'm so sorry, Quadrant. Sure, you beat them. 3-0 in pool play. And you're all playing remarkably well, as, as predicted. As predicted. But bracket play is a whole different beast. And against an angry optic, no less. I know I predicted you guys taking fourth this tournament. Maybe it wasn't with my full chest, but I did say it. I did say got to stick with it. Yep. I was wrong. But even I couldn't have predicted going up against optic to try and make that dream a reality and taking fourth. Hunter. When you, when you were talking about it uh, on the LVT stream, like to tools about why would you be worried about how Optic are playing in pools and whatnot, I agree with you. I agreed with you wholeheartedly. Like it's teams play and are prepared differently for bracket play for championship Sunday, whatever it may be. You've been in this situation many a time. Game one was strongholds on live fire. Wait. You won this game? Wait, what the fuck was that score? 250 to 39? Against Optic? A larger score deficit than when Hive won their Strongholds game against FaZe and Pool Play? The fuck? No one on Optic that game eclipsed 10 kills. And Formal went 3 and 15. Mm. So, it, it was a... Uh, unfortunate circumstance there game two was Slayer on streets. Well, optic, we're not going to take that one sitting down. Were they optic come back strong with a 50 to 39 win game three was King of the Hill on recharge. There is the optic. We know and expect in a land tournament. They dominate, excuse me. And they win three to one as time expires game four was CTF and Argyle, the versatile trash pile quadrant are able to take a one cap lead with only one minute and 30 seconds left on the game clock and then continue to play stellar defense to win the game two to one and tie to series two. In game five, 
was Slayer on Aquarius. Guys, when Trippy goes 21 and 8, I'd assume you know how this game is going to go. And unfortunately for Quadrant, their tournament ends here with a 2 to 3 loss to Optic. They retain the tie with the best placing for an international team at an international event, which is sixth place or fifth, sixth for that matter. Native Red went up against Shopify. Game one, Strongholds on Lifefire. And absolutely, like everybody's saying, big, big, big props to Quadrant for performing how they did. I just, like I said, I really wished it wasn't how the bracket played out. Um, I'm not saying they would have won. I just, part of me wanted them to go up against either like a Native Red or a Shopify, you know. Maybe they would have had a better chance. I don't know. But man, it... Oh, man, just to be, man. Good on them, though. Like, they they played their hearts out, and they're going to come back stronger, too. Because they the beautiful part about this event was that even though Quadrant got fifth, sixth, it proved, like, not only to everybody, like, watching and whatnot, but it proved to them as well. They already knew. Come on, we, we know that they know. But it kind of proved to themselves that we can fucking hang here. Like we can compete against some of the best in the world and we can, we can take them to task. And it's just, I'm looking forward to seeing them compete in Arlington. That's all I know. So says quadrant knows they can beat optic. Now will be a total game changer. I we'll see in bracket, but like they did play remarkably well. Clutchy clutch. Welcome says imagine optic lost them and got top six. That would have been rough. It would have been rough. My predictions were already in shambles because I had optic winning the whole fucking thing. Yet here we are. <laughs> um, but native right against Shopify game one was strongholds on life fire. Now it was apparently native Red's turn to have a standout strongholds performance. They went 250 to 68. Not a ton of close ones here. No, uh, strongholds becoming a game type that people are just getting, walloped in yeah fairly um or having crazy comebacks in yeah you know crazy momentum swings game two is slayer on streets let me know if you've heard this one before a team comes back from a 10 kill deficit to to eventually win well this time it was shopify they went 50 to 48 magic mike welcome to the live show and thank you for the follow says g1 did not show up at this event no we'll talk about that just wait we'll talk about it Native Red took the game loss seri- uh, personally as they dominate in the last two games to win the series three to one and eliminate Shopify from the tournament with a top five, six placing. We're getting to the end here. Loser semis optic went up against native red game. One was oddball on recharge. You know, that meme of, uh, they had us in the first half. Not going to lie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, what about the same thing, but they had us in the first round. Not going to lie. As Native Red put on a showing for the first round of this oddball game, then not only this game, but this series was all optic all day. Game two was Slayer and Empyrean. Holy shit. Optic one. Guys, optic one, 50 to 18. Chat will feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here, but that feels like one of the biggest Slayer deficits we've ever seen in recent competitive Halo history. Like with with top teams, right? Like when you get to a finals. 
or semifinals in this? It's it fifty to eighteen. Yeah. Like, who? Who? Ronan and I hope nobody's saying that. I I hope nobody's saying that they're that that's the case because that's not the case. People are faded if they're thinking that. I just use faded in a sentence. Hmm. I'm 31. Yeah, that just happened. That just happened. Anyway, moving I'm gonna, on. I'm gonna start saying lit soon. Oh, that's that's already come and gone. You'd be late on that one. Okay, that makes I mean, sense. I'm probably late on a lot. That of would things make sense for being. Do people still, still say saying, faded? Eh, yeah. I, I don't know. Thanks, Maddie. Yeah, I thanks. am hip. I appreciate it. <laughs> Game three was strongholds on streets. I won't lie. There was a time, regardless of the optic lead, where I thought that native red might be able to come back into the game as they did on a great run of uncontested points. But tonight was not their night. As optic completes the sweep, sending native red home with the top four finish. Joe, welcome to the live show, says, listen to the show while grinding Diablo. Hashtag perfection. Hashtag, yes. I don't know what the fuck to say. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. (laughs) I hope you're enjoying Diablo. Diablo is a great fucking time. And thank you for being here listening to the show as well. Winner's final, Will. Mm-hmm. We're almost there. Phase against SSG. Game one, CTF on Argyle. The only flag cap of the game came by way of SSG fairly early on when there was a slight flag stalemate situation happening. Frosty drops down on an unsuspecting Stellar, but repulses the SSG flag along with Stellar so that he returns it. Okay? So a little bit of a blunder there. Wasn't really intending the flag to go with him. Yeah. Right? But it didn't end there. Because Stellar stayed alive and slayed Frosty with assistance of Penguin to then grab the phase flag and bring it home without issue. That was the only flag cap of the game. Game two was Slayer on recharge. Phase take a commanding lead in the latter half of the game and never look back. They went 50 to 44. Game three, oddball on streets. SSG have a setup going in PDNA, working their way uh, toward a round one win. Phase having to make a push to stop the round from going in SSG favor, are able to take it, take out the two players outside PD and Eco and Brown. While Penguin and Stellar, still inside PD, phase flood into the space, taking out the remaining SSG players when they only needed one more second to win the round. With SSG on the respawn screen, phase secure the ball in the last 10 seconds that they needed to win the first round. SSG then take the second round without much issue. But during round three, at the 80-80 mark, FaZe completely rotate the ball from Cafe to Tram, making SSG chase them to the objective. FaZe are then able to pick off the players of SSG as they make their way into Tram and attempt more scoring from and uh, prevent more scoring from taking place. All four go down for SSG as FaZe is able to secure the ball one more time and they take the win 2-1. to one. Game 4 Strongholds on Live Fire. FaZe start out remarkably hot with back-to-back four downs on SSG and a triple cap to keep the scoring going at a rapid pace, reaching the 94-point mark. Eco is able to get overshield, and while Penguin captures the C-stronghold, and an attempt at control is made for SSG, and they succeed. Not only that, but they go on an absolute tour to force, basically never looking back, and they win the game 250-118. to 118. Again, these, these absolute momentum swings in a strongholds game. Like, you would think, based off of phase start that game, that they'd be able to just 
carry that thing home. But all it takes is one setup, and you see what happens. Game five of Slayer on Aquarius. Royal 2 utilizes a mid-game camo perfectly, forcing the players of SSG to turtle up and eventually drop like flies. FaZe take a four-kill lead and never allow SSG back into the game. FaZe win the game 50-38 to and the series 3-2. to Predictions are in fucking shambles. Loser's final. SSG going up against Optic. For the record here, ladies and gentlemen, Will, you and I had Optic winning. Mm-hmm. And we had SSG in second. Mm-hmm. And we had FaZe in third. Yeah. Well... Something's about to be wrong. That's for sure. Game one was CTF on Aquarius. Formal with Heat Wave is taken out by Penguin, who's pushing into yellow util all while the optic flag is being pulled. Pay attention here. SSG get the slays need to make the flag run and cap for the 1-0 lead. Something to keep in mind is that Penguin, this entire time, throughout the flag run, the flag capture, even after the flag capture, was still in yellow util the whole time, allowing SSG to continually put pressure on Optic. SSG put the pressure on in the last moments of the game. Eco gets a triple kill with only 30 seconds left in regulation. The Optic flag is on the move once again. SSG slammed the flag in to ensure that Optic have no chance at a comeback, and they win the game 2-0. Game 2 is Slayer on live fire. Optic proceed to eat SSG's lunch. They win 50 to 35. <laughs> Game through King of the Hill on streets. With only 25 seconds left on the clock and Optic being down one kill capture to tie the game, Optic needed to make a move and fast. Unfortunately, with players spawning in C, SSG were to lock them down and even a sneaky formal wouldn't be able to stop the onslaught of the four SSG players and SSG wins the game three to two. In game four was strongholds on recharge. This is the this is the play we're going to talk about, Will. You ready? Mm-hmm. Optic only needing nine more points to win the game. Let me let me preface before we get into this this game here, because we're going to talk about like, okay, guys, if you don't already know this, you can judge us all you want based off what we talk about. It's kind of the whole point, right? We talk about competitive Halo. We're going to get things wrong, whatever it is. We're not professional players. We don't play professionally. We just talk about the league. We talk about the scene because we love it and enjoy it, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty. So when we talk about what quote-unquote should have happened, it's after the game has already taken place and you're looking at it like, why didn't they just fucking do this instead? There's so many different factors at play. But we're going to talk about what I felt to be one of the weirdest plays that I've seen in a while. So Strongholds on Recharge was game four. Optic, only needing nine more points to win the game, made what, on the outside looking in, appears to be an odd move. You see, ever so slightly earlier, Stellar tries to grab the B Stronghold while Optic is taking C. Stellar's taken down, but it nearly gets it 50% of the way towards a capture for SSG. For 15 straight seconds, No one on Optic decides to step into the B stronghold, instead basically being forced to stay within Whirlpool. SSG are able to capture C from Optic and make their way onto the nearly halfway captured B with three players. The remaining player was sitting in control. 
Now for that odd move, Optic move out towards the open portion of the map, losing top control, getting slayed, and allowing SSG to get a triple cap of their own to then get 105 unanswered points to win the game 250 to 241 and the series 3 to 1. Optic are eliminated with a third place finish. So Will and I were talking about this before we started recording the show. And again, please, guys, keep hindsight is 2020. We are very well wrong for what we're about to talk about. But when looking at it, we thought to ourselves, why didn't they do this instead in that moment? Okay, because you only needed nine. You needed nine points to win. They never went and reset B. They were sitting in Whirlpool basically the entire time. And they made, in my opinion, a push that looked very odd. So, Will, we were talking about it, and we thought that Trippy and Formal should have went up top elevator because if you guys go back and you listen to the comms stream from LVT, you would hear Lucid, and Lucid would talk consistently that, guys, they're going to run into B. They're, they're going to run into B. While they were sitting in Whirlpool, that's exactly what happened. Lucid also said, guys, there's one in control. So again, hindsight 2020, when looking at the situation, it was weird to me when Trippy pushed out from Whirlpool towards B at the wrong time, Formal alone is pushing towards control, is getting shot, had to back down, but instead of trying to back down back into elevator, he backs down to bottom, like towards camo side, and it was just a clusterfuck. What Will and I were talking about is why didn't or why wouldn't for like after getting the call out from Lucid of what's happening, that the players are going to flood B and there's one in control that why didn't formal and trippy go up top elevator, get top control, go through top control and get the kill together, knowing that there was one player in there. And then depending, depending upon what happens to Lucid, um, in APG or regardless of what happens to loose in APG, knowing that B is gone and knowing that three players are at B, you push out to C and you get that stronghold instead stem the bleeding. Does that make sense? Ron star. Thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. I'm not sure if you said this either, but I think something I thought about during the show and you're describing this play, mm -hmm. if trippy and formal both leave elevator it's possible ssg get a spawn back there and totally fuck things up very well could that's why i was like in my mind you know lucid's kind of in in whirlpool and no man's land while ssg is pushing b he goes back to a while trippy and uh formal push through control but again like you said it's hindsight Hindsight's 2020. They also probably thought, hey, we have 100 plus seconds to figure this out. Right. And SSG just clutched up. They never regained. The whole time. Optic never regained from that point forward. They were never able to get to um, hills. They were never able to get two hills to, mm -hmm. to even score a, a singular point extra. It's just, when I was watching it live, um, Atrox, thank you. When I was watching it happen live, I just kept thinking to myself, like, I understand that we see observer cam, right? So we see all the player outlines and all the names and whatnot. Obviously, it's not what the players see. But as I was as I was chatting with Will before we were recording, if, I, if formal, now, again, hindsight, right? 
there are so many different factors at play. We are not in their shoes. We're not watching their, we're not seeing what they are seeing exactly, right? We're not looking through their lenses. But if Formal was 1,000% paying attention to what was happening, and as he was turning, he would have seen Bound sitting there too, along with, I, it was either, I think it may have been Stellar, whoever it was coming into the B Hill. So no matter what, he would have seen too. And Lucid had already called out that there was only one in control, at least that he could see. It's just, it was just weird. It was just a weird play that they'd never, no player on Optic decided to try to reset B. They just let it be what it was. And it was, it was literally 15 straight seconds of in-game time where it was, it was between the point of Stellar dying 15 seconds to the point of, I think it was Stellar going right back in and getting the rest of the hill captured. It, it was, it was just weird. And then when trippy ran out the way he did and formal wasn't able to run back the way he did, it was just, eh, it felt really weird. And they just, they couldn't come back. And that's where I was telling Will too. props to SSG need to be given because it's, it's one thing to, it's one thing to clutch up like that and prevent them like into making the score closer, right? It's one thing like that. It's another thing to never make, to never let optic score another point in the game. It's crazy. They played unbelievable, excuse me, unbelievably well. And daddy, I agree with you. And we'll talk about that earlier. I mean, earlier we'll talk about Jesus Christ. What am I talking about? We'll talk about that later. Thank you, Hunter. I appreciate that. Sincerely. Thank you. And again, like Hunter, you are a professional, like you probably have your own way of thinking about how things went down and right and whatnot. It's just from, from an outside perspective, looking in as somebody who, who, as people who are not professional players, we could, we could all, we could sit back and be like, why the fuck they do that? Why'd they make that dumbass play? Blah, blah, blah. But no, it's like, I want to, I want to try to think about it as why didn't they do something like this? You know, it's, it was just so Weird. Regardless, Optic at third. So there's that. But then we have the grand finals. SSG went up against FaZe. Game one was King of the Hill on live fire. FaZe focusing on overshield, SSG focusing on the A hill, and everything seemed to be going the way of SSG. Um... Looks like they were able to get their second hill capture of the game to take the lead. But Renegade comes storming in with the overshield from window, and the SSG players are taken out immediately. One single desperate push from SSG later, and FaZe are able to capitalize and capture the hill when SSG literally needed one more second in that hill. Undeterred, SSG get a perfect hill capture of their own to even the game 2-2. Two to two. It, it, you literally could not have written it better for SSG. They just played perfect Halo and got that hill like it was nothing. But FaZe answer right back with one of their own. They take the lead 3-2, to two and they don't allow SSG to tie again, but damn, were they close. Game 2 was Slayer on Streets. FaZe with a 6-kill lead for the majority of the middle of the game, maintaining rocket control throughout. This one seemed done and dusted. But then SSG gets rockets at the 6-minute mark. And I think the casters were talking about that might have been their one and only one of that game. They swung momentum and they won it. Game through is CTF on Empyrean. 
The repulsed rocket on Royal 2 by Bound with Overshield. Leading to a Bound Overkill. Leading to an Eco Triple Kill. Leading to the second SSG Flag Cap. Phaser able to get a Flag Cap of their own, but just not enough to ever tie or win the game. Game 4 was Oddball on Recharge. Wow. What an unbelievably low scoring second round with phase narrowly taking it 29 to 27. That was a round of oddball. Will. Yeah. That wasn't a slayer going to time. That was an oddball round 29 to 27. Well, I remember it was, there, there was so much action going on that. Yeah. Ball time just wasn't grabbed. You just don't see it very often. No. SSG rally and win the third round convincingly 100 to 44 and the game two to one SSG are on a roll and they're one game away from sending this to a grand finals bracket reset. I honestly thought it was about to happen. It looked like it based off how they were fucking playing. That's for sure. Game five was Slayer on Aquarius. There was simply no stopping phase this game. They won 50 to 38 phase. Don't want a reset. Game six was strongholds on streets. Faze are not going to make the same mistake as Optic in their series against SSG, allowing for a massive comeback. Instead, Faze win it handily, 250 to 171. It was time for a Game 7. Game 7 was Slayer on Live Fire. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what we have here is yet another instance of a dominant Slayer by way of Faze. Nothing much else to say about this one. Faze win it 50 to 44. They won the series 4 to 3 in the title of DreamHack Dallas champions um will if you would do me a huge favor run through the standing the the placings all the way oh yeah from bottom to top all right in 13th through 16th we have bittersweet six karma awama bobs and jaylings your ninth through 12th placings include g1 complexity sentinels and navi seventh eighth we have native white and hive smg 5th, 6th, Quadrant and Shopify Rebellion. 4th went to Native Red. 3rd, Optic Gaming. 2nd, Space Station. And 1st, Phase Clan. Taking it home. Indeed. Thank you, Will, for going through those. Oh, I yeah. appreciate it. It's, uh, it also, I don't know if you have it in here. What's up? If the, the points are correct from this event going into what has been, Optic have lost their first place seed. Yes. It was in a, we talked about it in competitive news, kind of, yeah, yeah. in terms of like the, well, I don't know about point structure though. I would, yeah, I would assume it's point structure then because uh, points have a decay that happened. So mm-hmm. with the new points, yeah, they definitely lost their first place seed. Absolutely. So more opens? Do we have more opens and 4K? 2K qualifiers, any of that going on, or is it just... There are no online tournaments leading up to Arlington. So it's just... Arlington is... I mean, there's nothing leading up to Arlington. So three weeks, I think, right? Yeah, three weeks. Something like that. What's up, Clutch? Welcome back. Let's talk about some storylines, Will. Okay. Native Red playing with a sub in Boehm and getting fourth in the tournament. That was, I told you I was going to give Native Red their flowers, and they absolutely deserve their flowers for this. They played 
remarkably well, especially with a sub. Um, and Bohm was, they, they were talking about it, how like they have great chemistry with one another. Excuse me. So good for them. Like, that's awesome. Uh, I, I said it before and I'll, I said it earlier in the show and I'll say it again. I don't appreciate what was said to monster after that series. I'm, I'm all for banter and maybe I'm just being a, maybe I'm just being a loser right now for saying this. Um, maybe it's because I'm old, but I just wasn't really a big fan of that. I'm all for trash talking, all for, you know, talking your shit, but it, I don't, I don't know. It felt like, it felt like maybe a line had been crossed a little bit. Like I said, maybe I'm being stupid. Okay. Maybe I'm being stupid, but that's just my opinion. How old 31. So not too old. All right. I'm old in the space. I'm old in the space. Not old fucking, you know. So there's that. What was said? I missed it. Um, Sleepy. I was just talking about, I didn't really appreciate when native red was uh, talking shit to monster after their series. And again, maybe that's just me. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. It, it, it didn't sit well with me either. Just. Yeah. Like if you, if you want to get up and say you're trash and whatnot, cool. But like the fact that they were just screaming at him about cheating and whatnot, wasn't the biggest fan. So there you go. And tool says they just hate each other. I know. And that's, that's fine. But, there's a point where, and I get it now. Okay. You need to keep things in mind here. I understand heat of the moment and stuff like that. And you, and they did reverse sweep them. I completely understand, but at the same time, maybe it's because I'm old in, in the space, but like, I would just want a little more professionalism shown, but they did. They won, you know, they won. Talk your shit. You won. I get it. Just the way it was put. And yes, Toucan, I understand that. I just didn't like how it was portrayed. That's all. Tools, yeah, because it was in his fucking face. That's all. Like I said, it's they did what they did. I'm not going to fucking like, oh, I'm disappointed in you kids. Like, no fucking, it is what it is. I'm just providing my perspective. That's all. Okay. Will. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about stats, huh? Okay. Because apparently people love talking about stats. Ready for monster stats? Okay. Here's the storyline. Complexity not showing up on land and the monster allegations hitting a fever pitch. Overall statistics for the entire tournament. Overall statistics for the entire tournament. You can find these stats over at halodatahive.com. Halodatahive.com is amazing. You can go there for all your Halo statistical needs. There's the tagline that I made up. It is. Yes. Monster having a slightly worse KD, a .77, than King Nick, a .80 for the entire tournament, playing three more games than Sentinels. The thing you need to keep in mind here is that the players that I'm comparing Monsters stats to, they played relatively the same amount of games throughout the tournament. I'm not going to include a player that played two times the amount of games that that complexity may have in the tournament because stats are going to be heavily skewed. Monster had a slightly higher KDA at a 1.27 than King Nick at a 1.25 for the entire tournament, playing three more games than Sentinels. 
Monster had more average kills per game, 12.89, than Boo Boo Dubu at a 12.53, playing one more game than G1. And Monster had ever so slightly less average damage per game, 4,375.83, than Boo Boo Dubu at 4,379.12, playing one more game than G1. There's your stats. Do I understand that Monster may not be that good on land? Yes. Fucking the stats show it. But come on. Come on. Next storyline, Sentinels and G1 not performing anywhere near expectations for their teams. I did not see... To, uh, to be honest, I think I had Sentinels placing top 12 this event. I think I did. Like, based off predictions, I didn't have them in the top eight. Um, But G1, I didn't think G1 was going to do that. I thought G1 were going to play better than they did. So, I don't know, man. Something... Something needs to, something's got to give. Something's got to give. G1 had the hardest bracket run of the tournament, to be fair. I don't fucking. I don't like that narrative tools. I don't, I don't like that narrative at all because you heard that narrative as well when you heard that narrative as well when, um, was it E United who got second at Raleigh? And that narrative started up like, oh, they had the easier bracket. I don't like that narrative. I fucking hate it. It's. I mean, G1 started in losers and only played native white in the bracket play. Yep. And uh, for pool play, who did they have? Optic oh, and uh, Quadrant. Optic and Quadrant. Uh, Danimals, I agree with you. And then I want to catch up on what somebody said in the chat too, because I love, because I think he quoted what, what uh, Frosty said. Daddy said, Frosty said, I mean, did anyone expect him to do well? He's getting straight up bullied by everyone. It's difficult to handle that pressure. Yep. I agree. Thank you fucking Frosty for saying something. I think people need to get off the monster hating dick. Like that's people need to quit riding the monster hating dick. Seriously. It's, it's fucking, it's stupid as shit. Did he not perform well at this tournament? Yes. He did not perform very well at this tournament. Were there times in this tournament where he played better than his teammates? Yes. Go look at the fucking stats. If you care that much about it, good Lord. It's it's actually fucking funny. Ronan, I don't fucking know, nor do I care. Frosty is a god. Vaporize, you're not wrong. So. Hell yeah, man. Um, But. Who else? 
where was it? Hold on. Vaporize asks, when is G1 going to live up to what anyone says like ever? Vaporize, that's a great question because I, I'm so conflicted. I'm so conflicted with that team. Will, we talked about it. Wasn't it even said by somebody else as well? Like when does the friend stuff end and the business begin? Yeah. Like that's, we literally talked about that. There, Some, someone mentioned it above too about Spartan. Like, is he quote unquote wasting? I don't want to. I don't want to say wasting his career, but not. I want to. I would put it more as like living up to his potential by playing with his friends, you know, yeah. King Nick, and uh, you know, forming these teams and not staying with these top tier players because I think he could be there. Sure. Um, veggies asks, can someone please point out how complexity is basically like G one and year one veggies. I apologize for not commenting on this before. I saw this earlier in the chat as well. They got top four consistently online and got top two with the online super. Then at Orlando and worlds, they get top 12. That, I think I also made the comparison veggies that G one or the new native red in terms of inconsistency. Like I would always say that native red were the most consistent, like inconsistent team at always getting like top five, six and never breaking out. You know what I mean? But G one are just, I said it before and I'll say it again. I, I have nothing. I have absolutely nothing against the players that are on that team. I, I think all the players are amazing uh, talent wise. And I think they're probably, they're probably all great, like outside of the game too. Okay. But at what point does someone step in and is like, guys, this is unacceptable and something needs to change? Because, correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that the players, the team, makes the decisions on who's dropped, who's picked up, because they have discussions and so on and so forth. I don't think it's the owner or necessarily even the GM that's making those decisions. Um, is it alumni's job though? What's up, Derange Native? Welcome back. Oh, welcome, I should say. Also, CEO of Native? Am I wrong there or am I right there? Owner of Native Gaming? That name looks oddly familiar. <laughs> am I right or am I wrong? Correct me for either way. CEO? And you had an accident, correct? If, if my memory serves me correctly, I hope that you're recovering well. Really hope you're recovering well. Like I said, Durant, I really hope that you're recovering as well as you can. Um, it's back on the G1 thing. something needs to happen. Like you can't have, like you literally had alumni was the GM of optic before coming over to G one. You already know the pedigree that he has. And then you have hoaxer. One of the best coaches in the league bar none going over there as well. And you know, it, it, it like the writing's on the wall. It, it just looked like it was ready to go. But the one thing I was worried about 
And now people can come back at me and say, well, look at Native Red. Their their team of three friends, like a four friends, Druck included. Obviously, can't forget Druck, sorry. Like that's a team of four friends, and they work really well, and they just place fourth this event. But I feel like there has to be something said about if you have a team of four friends that what you guys said, don't they live together? Like what Pharaoh asks? Something's gotta happen, man. There has to be a conversation that happened that, that, that has to happen. Like G one sounds like a great org. It sounds like they have a great owner. sounds like they have a great group around them. But this, like, and I'm, I truly mean no offense to any of the players, the coaches, staff, whatever, the staff, whatever it may be. I mean, no offense to anybody. It's like, what? Something's got to change, right? I didn't have them placing top 12. Like, in the back of my mind, in the back of my mind, I think of this team as one day, man, one fucking day, this team is going to click and they're going to go on a run. Just, it's just that. That weird gut feeling, like there's one day, man, they gotta do it, just one day. And then no. And then it doesn't happen. It's just ah man. I'm so confused and just frustrated by that team because I love what alumni and hoaxer have done in the past for other teams. Like you you fuck literally had GM of optic. They pick up formal. They win Orlando. They win worlds on top of the world. Alumni leaves to go to G one hoaxer being the former cloud nine coach before they became SSG. They were in every single land grand finals. Like it's oh my God. Something doesn't feel right. Something just doesn't feel right. After the game five loss, just sat there, didn't shake hands, just sat there staring at the screen. He's in a bad place and it sucks to see. And and I always, and daddy, I say it on the show all the time, man. I say it every single time on the show. What players do, how players act and what players do, depending upon the circumstances, always sticks in the back of my mind. Like I always save a little spot in my mind for what, for those special moments. And one of those special moments was when Boo Boo Dubu was staying after to practice and he was alone. I, f- I forget exactly what event it was, but like, I think Tashi tweeted it out or something, but those moments stick out in my head. Like it proves to me that it's a player that wants it. It's a player that really, really wants it. And to see them consistently place the way that they do to see them consistently play the way that they do. I'm, I want more for them. Like I want them to play better. I say it all the time. We want more competition at the top and they've never been able to fucking do it. What's up, John? Welcome back. Something needs to happen, man. Something needs to happen. And then Sentinels too. Sentinels feel like that team that's just stuck between a rock and a hard place. That, uh, something needs to happen there too. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and speculate on who they should drop, who they should pick up, what needs to change, what doesn't need to change. But I will, I'll sit here and say that while I didn't have them in the top eight based off my predictions, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't, oh man, they just, 
They got rocked, man. They just got rocked. And it sucks because you see them, they they seem like a team. And again, this is no offense to any of the players or the coaches, staff, whatever it may be. It just feels to me like once they lose a game, it, it's chalked. It, it, to me, it, it feels like they don't have much of a regain capability. Again, hindsight, me just looking from the outside, looking in, it, that's what it feels like to me, right? That's all. So. <sighs> Ronan, I can agree with that statement. He says, Sen is a team with no identity. That's really what it feels like. Trade deadline is in a couple weeks, right? I think so. I think so. I think roster lock, yeah, probably. Oh, June 11th, because that's the deadline to register. That makes way more sense. I'm sorry, Hammer. Thank you for the clarification. I'm fucking out of my mind. Less than a week then. Yep. Sen is only uh, one of the only teams that I feel has no play style. I can't even tell what it is. Agree? Sure. I can agree with that. Um. It, like I said, it feels like after they lose the first game, it feels like after Sentinels lose lose the first game, like they lose game one against Optic or they win game one against Optic, whatever it may be in like every pool play, and then they just get fucking stomped, right? It, it's, it's just consistent. They're just consistent in that fact. <sighs> Peter, welcome to the live show, says, Spartan needs to either link with Rain and Ryan Uber's suspector and, Sp- uh, and Sparty have to do it without Nick and Lethal. That Sparty-Nick duo has run its course. I agree. I think that duo, I'll, I'll, I'll say it officially on the show at this point. I think that duo needs to break up. I do. So there's that. Sentinels remind me of a worse G1, how they play anyway. They, I mean, they just don't play. They're not consistent at all. They're consistent at losing, but I didn't mean that as a dig. That's, that was like an asshole statement. Ryan Oob is another one that's just sitting around. I mean, hey, Ronan, in chat, did anybody, seriously now, did anybody predict Shopify were going to place where they did? Did anybody? I mean, even even the fucking casters were, were like, we haven't talked about Shopify at all. Shopify Rebellion have more top six placements than G1 on land. Let that sink in. Probably the same amount of roster changes too, Pharaoh, right? Think Shopify outpaced their expectations? They outpaced my expectations about them. Sparty needs to go back to Ryanu and be the god duo again. It is, it's funny. That's not the first time I've seen that comment. And yeah. it's hilarious that that said because, like, we know. <laughs> yeah, we know. Oh, my God. But you know what? Honest to God, think about this for a second. What if, hypothetically speaking, Beth, welcome back. Good to see you. Says, please, no, it's so painful having to root for Ryan Noob. I know you don't like Ryan Noob, but hear me out. Hear me out. Let's say, 
hypothetically speaking, that they do squash their beef, their supposed beef they have with one another, whether or not they even have beef anymore, I don't fucking know. But let's say they squash it. And they do team up again because like you guys have been saying, Sparty is supposedly the leader on Sentinels, but he's not a leading type, right? No detriment Mm -hmm. to him, Mm -hmm. just an observation. Ryanoob, we are well aware, is the leading type. Why not? Why not? Most underrated player in the top 16? Like top 16 teams or top 16? What are we talking about, Hammer? I would assume teams. I'm going to say, you know who really surprised me? Um, Because all eyes were on the team, but like Cycle played pretty yeah. fucking well. He surprised me. Suspector is great as well. Not a lot of people talk too much about him, which is a crime and shame. Penguin surprise you? No way. Toucan, come on. Penguin's fucking incredible. Easily one of the best objective players. I've talked about that before. I mean that. It's like not no joke. Like he's genuinely in fucking incredible. Zig with the fucking year submarine. Oh, you get a woo. Thank you. Zig, appreciate you. Cycle and collect look like a monster duo. Oh, they're fucking, yeah. (laughs) So good. Um, Toucan says, I guess I was impressed that he was slaying so well plus objective. Oh, man. Toucan, I'm I'm glad that you were impressed. Just I I want you to now know that that's what you should expect because that's what he's going to do. That's what he does. That's what Penguin does. That team, yes, they didn't win. Um... So like you could you could completely take my words with a grain of salt here, but that SSG roster, they, I oh man I feel they're gonna win something man they're gonna win something, they will they'll win an event, they'll win an event. Sleepy says uh, this tournament solidified it for me. Penguin has more ice than the Arctic. He won multiple games for them at the very end. Legend, he's so good man. Cycle collect boo boo. Uh, fanfares would be nice. Oh, falcated would be nice. That could be fun. Oh, that could be real fun. Don't fuck with the SSG roster yet. Yeah, don't indeed. They're very good. Very, very good. I truly believe that they will win one. Now, I just want to throw this in there real quick. Because we'll remember how we did preseason predictions mm-hmm. are too early to tell predictions episode. Oh yeah. Well, remember how I said that I thought I lost that document. You found it. I did find it. And will, I want you to do me a favor real quick. Okay. Okay. Because I want people to, I want people to believe me right here. It doesn't matter. I'm literally only doing this because I'm being a piece of shit. Okay. I'm literally only doing this because I'm a piece of shit. All right. Will, I want you to do me a favor. Next to too early to tell predictions, what does the last modified date say? February 20th. February 20th. 2023. Thank you very much. So I have not modified it. So I have not cheated. Okay. If I open this document right now, 
and I go to the phase, the DreamHack Dallas Global Invitational. First, I had phase, and second, I had optic. So regardless, I was wrong about the second place, but I did have phase winning, technically speaking, in the preseason predictions episode. I have optic winning the optic major with phase taking second. I have SSG taking their global invitational with phase taking second. I have SSG taking the Fort Worth major, believe it or not, with phase taking second. And the worlds, I have phase winning worlds with optic in second. Again, these were preseason predictions, okay? But I did find the document. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference this like as we continue on through the year because now I know where the fuck it is and now we know. Um, I've been staring at my computer here trying to figure out when like the official roster lock er- a period is done. Okay. And I, honestly, the last thing that I see is HCS Fort Worth, August 7th. There's still a roster lock period and then a, um, like for pool play and then for all other teams attending the event. Um, daddy says, I don't know. I'm really thinking it's going to be SSG phase for the rest of the year. I really do think optic have plateaued daddy. I don't believe they have reason being let's talk about phase hitting their championship form. Once again, winning the event and changing the storyline. Renegade talked about his work ethics, the work ethics of the team and having the hardest working teammates in the game. And the other thing that was mentioned in that after interview with, um, tools, as a matter of fact, shout out tools, uh, was how, after they after their performance at Charlotte, they immediately went back and immediately started practicing once again. Now, if you don't think that Optic is going to be doing the same thing after they lost the way that they did, I think you are absolutely fucking crazy if you don't think that's what they're going to do. Because as Renegade said, what a lot of people don't understand is what they do behind the scenes. They're not showing all the practice that they put in, all the work that they put into becoming a better team. They don't show that. You don't think Optic's going to do the exact same thing? Taking third when they're going for a four-peat? I forgot if I mentioned this earlier in the in the episode, but I'm going to say it now if I haven't already. I think Optic got humbled this tournament. I truly think they got humbled this tournament. I didn't have them taking third, obviously. They were going for a four-peat, and they lost against, yes, the two other the other two best teams in the league. But that was... I wasn't expecting them to get third this event. Ash, regardless of online play. We've talked about online play before. I don't I don't care about online play. This guy. 117. Thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. So I think they're going to go right back to it. I think they're going to go right back to work and work their asses off because I, you best fucking believe they're mad about that third place finish. You best believe they're mad about that. These teams, these players, all they want to do is win. All they want to do is win. And when you don't win, it makes it 
it makes you that much more hungry and that much more angry to win. Same for SSG. Like you best believe that after losing the phase, after after almost resetting the grand finals bracket, you best believe that they're pissed about it. It's it's going to be just wait. Just wait. I I have to stand by what I've been saying, right? I I'll sit here and take it if if I'm wrong, which I'm wrong consistently. But I truly believe that Optic are the best team in the league. Now, am I stupid for saying that because they got third last event? Sure. Very well could be. FaZe played remarkably well. SSG also played remarkably well. The Optic Major is going to be something. It's going to be something. Ash says the optics whole narrative they put out after not winning the online qualifier and getting relegated to third seed. This is what you were mentioning. Will. uh, they thought going into the online, they had first locked regardless of outcome shows me they weren't playing seriously leading up to the land. And I think it carried over to the land. Will, would you like to uh, comment? Um, no, I, I agree with that statement. I, I, I think what we were talking about before the show, I put it a little more harshly where, you know, this isn't a team you think their mentals would be broken like that, but it, it it's very possible that that kind of like nonchalant, like we're the best right now. And I, I don't want to call it an arrogance, but an air of it, like a little bit that carried over that they just, they, they stumbled and it's possible that like Josh said, they may have been humbled here and they come back even stronger. We'll just have to wait till the next major. We'll just have to wait and see. Collect, thank you for the four-month resub. You get a woo! Thank you very much. Um, does winner's bracket winner have too big of an advantage? Hard to win eight? Um, I forget what Mick Wynn said during his interview. You should go watch that. But my opinion is... I think it has its benefits and its drawbacks. The benefit is, is that you have a whole other, you have a whole series buffer, right? In winter coming from winners, you have a whole series buffer in grand finals. That's awesome. On the downside is that you could be playing an incredibly hot team coming from losers. And you just might not be prepared for that because you were resting for as long as you were. So I think it's I think it definitely has its give and take. I still think I prefer it over what the COD League does, where it's just what one continuous best of nine. Mm-hmm. Or is it or is it a best of seven? Is it best of nine? Call of Duty. Yeah, I'm I'm forgetting people. Tell me what it is, please, because I'm I'm totally blanking. But like I I like the idea, at least in Halo still. Maybe it's because I'm just so used to it, but I still like the idea of a bracket reset. Um Tool says Cod League just has veto va- veto advantage on best of nine. Might be best of seven now. Someone on stage said that optic playstyle is to wait for teams to make a mistake that other teams are picking up on their playstyle. Mouse, yes, it's exactly what we talked about when during the series recaps. Um 
And yeah, during their series against SSG, and they just, uh, you know, during during their series against Quadrant and pool play, and Quadrant just didn't make mistakes. So, whatever it may be. This guy says, agree to think face is a higher ceiling. Once they tighten up on OBJ, it's a wrap. They are fucking good, man. That's the, that's the thing, too, is that I've said it consistently that I, I felt Optic were kind of at a whole other tier when compared to SSG and FaZe. But, man, they're all literal world championship talent on every single one of those rosters. Do you like having three Slayers in best of seven? Rowan and I am going to be one of the sole people in the world, apparently, that likes Slayer in competitive Halo. So, yes, I like it. Sorry. Pharaoh says, I kind of missed the continuation series days. Imagine if Quad had a 3-0 start playing Optic in lower bracket. But see, and that's, this is why I like... Here's the thing, though, Pharaoh. Here's where I'll have a leeway, kind of. Um, the one thing I am pissed about... The one thing I am pissed about is the fact that losers finals, winners finals, and grand finals are not best of seven. I still can't fucking believe that only grand finals is best of seven. Wait, you said losers final. I think you winner final and losers final and grand final. I want all three to be best of sevens, but instead just grand finals being best of seven kills me. Like I want you, you literally have your three best teams remaining. Mm -hmm. You have your three best teams remaining. Let those three series be best of sevens. When did the broadcast end? Well, central time for us. Central time. It was early. Yeah. For us, because we're in central. Right. And that's the thing though, adding possibly three more games to a series. Tool says venue close at 5 p.m. Central. Yeah. Would have been cutting it close. But see that and see, I understand. I completely understand from a broadcast perspective from a venue perspective i get it i'm just saying like from a watching competitive halo and and consuming competitive halo i want and for and for competitive integrity for the league i want winners losers and grand finals all best of seven that's the point i was getting to is that uh someone said it in chat here uh if they're gonna make sunday just winners finals loser finals and grand finals they really should make it best of seven for all three Right. Maybe that's the plan and why they're trying to do this bracket restructure. I hope so. And yeah, they're just, they'll just have to plan in advance for venue limitations. It's just if it's gonna be a if it's gonna be a, a route, then it's gonna be a route, right? Mm-hmm. If the team's gonna win four oh, the team's gonna win four oh. Nothing's gonna change that. But giving the opportunity for these teams that are competing at the very top level, these last three teams to give it their absolute all. Like, we'll just, I love it to be best of sevens. Like looking at the grand finals, right? I would assume so, Oliver, except uh, open bracket because DreamHack didn't have an open bracket um, because it wasn't a major. Open bracket will all be done on Friday for Arlington. So be happy, be sad. That's the way it is. I mean, take that grand finals, right? It was uh, If that was a best of five SSG win. Yep, and that's exactly what I was getting at. And it clearly wasn't the case. Or just say those two teams met in losers. Then FaZe is gone when they clearly bested SSG in the, in the rest of those games. Yep. Oh, Swole dead. Yep, I, I think Will was just about to make this point. Yep. 
Seriously. Stealing my words now, man. Thanks, Daddy. Uh, no, seriously, I it, I really want there to be more competitive integrity within the league, and I think that that a, a big help for that would be open bracket not being one day of the fucking week. But uh, additionally, best of sevens for winners, losers, and grand. Not Grim asks, so who are qualified for Arlington? That's a great question, Grim. We already talked about it, but since you're so sweet, I will repeat. Um, the auto-qualified North American teams for Arlington pool play include if the points are the way that they are supposed to be right now. Okay, let's preface all this. If the points are the way that they're supposed to be right now, if the rosters are the way that the rosters are supposed to be right now, then... For North America, the qualified teams for pool play for Arlington include Phase, SSG, Optic, Native Red, Native White, Shopify, Complexity, and Hive. Again, if the points are the way they are and rosters stay the way they are. Two huge factors here. Because if that's the case, then that would mean that G1 and Sentinels would have to play through open bracket. If the points and the rosters stay the same as they are right now, I just need to fucking make that point note. Um, yeah. Also want to just quickly shout out Quadrant again. It was really unfortunate that they had to play Optic and Losers because that sucks um, with the way the bracket played out. But at the same time, you know, Tying your tying the best placing ever for an international team at an international event. The previous one was Team Infused from Pro League Fall Finals in 2017 with Team Infused. Man, great run from them. Absolute amazing run from them. Obviously, I wanted them to get fourth. I think that would have been so fucking cool. But... And that would have been, it would have been literally historic, but either way, tying their best, tying the best placing ever for an international team. That's nothing to scoff at either, especially, especially with the competition being the way that it is right now. Like, correct me if I'm wrong here, Will, but did this event feel like the most competitive that we had in a while? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Definitely did. So. Man. Oh, man. Beloved, uh, as Ash said, it would just be G1 and Sentinels. Complexity would be in pools. Mm -hmm. So, we'll have to wait and see, man. We'll have to wait and see. I cannot wait to see how they do. We, we, We talked about SSG and Optic being hungry and wanting to win and all that stuff. Think about Quadrant right now, man. Holy shit. Oh, the way they played. Whoo wee. And also they boot camp before the event too. Quadrant. Yeah. Yep. They boot camp before the event. They played really well. Good shit. Daddy with the bit. Thanks for the bit. Thanks for the bitty daddy. Um, If you guys go into the show notes of the show, exclamation point show notes in the chat, 
We have links to all of the series that we mentioned earlier on in the show, including stats and links directly to where they are in the VODs. So feel free to rewatch them or check out the stats if you're any at all interested. Again, stats were from halodatahive.com. Um, we have links for the brackets for both pool play and bracket play. All the streams, including LVT's stream, shout out LVT. Um, and all the highlight videos that the HCS released after each day of competition. And then we also included the video for the partner team weapons collection, which yes, there will be a new bundle of coatings that'll be coming out with season four. They will include a coating for every weapon, every UNSC weapon um, for that team. And they look like all of them are based off of the uh, year two coatings for each team. So no real deviation there. Like they're not like new, new. They kind of have the same resemblance of the year two coatings for each team, but there you go. Legend and Snipe Drone would be a crazy duo for Quadrant. Oh man. Also a new BR weapon model. Is it a weapon mm-hmm. model or isn't it like an attachment? It said weapon model. Oh, it looks like the Halo 4, Halo 5 BR. F- veggies, you got to be careful. Don't talk about that BR in either of those games. People will fucking yell at you and shit. Be careful, veggies. You say Halo 4 and people are like, ah, the fuck is that? Ah, that shit out of here. You know, just be careful. Will, what were your overall thoughts on the event? We'll close out the topic here. Um, it was just great to have Halo back on land. A lot of fun storylines with Quadrant playing the way they did. Um, you know, people, I, I guess Optic not playing up to their potential as I think many saw it. And the slobber knockers we had. You know, the slobber knockers, uh, phase and SSG were great to watch. Um, the back and forth there, all the other teams too. It was just, it was great to see land back in action. It really truly was. And I know that there were a lot of technical difficulties with this event, a lot of sound issues, um, a lot of restarts that had to happen, a lot of disconnects that happened, which were very unfortunate. But at the same time, I've said it over and over and over again, there really is truly nothing else out there like a Halo LAN. It, it's just incredible to watch, to witness, to spectate, whatever it may be. There, it's just unbelievable what a Halo LAN can do. So, um, shout out to all the talent. Shout out to all the players shout out to all the staff that was there to help as well. Shout out to everybody who was there in the crowd trying to be as loud as you could shout out to everybody who was able to watch from home land season is finally fucking back. Finally. And it feels so damn good. So good. Mouse says they said it was the most game fives they've had at LAN. You know, it really doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. Really doesn't surprise me. The last thing I want to say here, and I know optic got third, all that shit. Last thing I want to say about this event. Will, when you were watching winners final and grand final, 
did it feel to you the same way it did to me that FaZe and SSG were like just playing a different game from everybody else? A little bit. It just felt, I don't know why, but it just felt, the air in the room felt different to me. It felt like they were just playing unbelievably well against each other. And I just, I want to see more of that. I want to see more of that. It was just awesome. Just awesome to see. And yes, LVT did unbelievable work. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for our topic for this week. That is our Dream Hack Dallas Global Invitational Post Show all wrapped up. And with that, let's move on to a few regular news. Halo 2023 Pride Collection is over available at Halo Gear. Go check that out. I bought myself a couple shirts. I'm excited to get them. David Ellis, former Halo designer, has departed 343. This is by David. He says, big news after 13 years, exclamation mark. Friday was my last day at 343 in Halo. Being a part of every Halo shooter since Reach was a dream come true. But after more than a decade with the Chief, I'm ready for a different challenge. Stay tuned. I'll be sharing what's next soon. Oh, here we go. Halo taketh away. Halo giveth back when we don't want it back. This is my Halo support. The first update that came out with was the stockpile game mode has now rotated out from big team battle stockpile will return to matchmaking in a future Halo infinite update with changes to address player feedback. Oh, but no, 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 no. There was an update due to a recently discovered issue. Stockpile has been re-added to big team battle matchmaking. This change also reduces stockpiles waiting in the playlist, meaning that players will be more likely to play Slayer total control and capture the flag. Yeah, fucking worst game type ever is stockpile. By the way, I will, I will die on that fucking hill. And then let's talk about the final piece of regular news, an article that came out that threw uh, everybody into a tiffy. The career rank overview for season four by three, four, three. Career rank will provide players with an opportunity to advance through a larger progression system that reflects their time in Halo Infinite. But will. Not their previous time. New time. Similar to the progression systems in Halo Reach and the Master Chief Collection, each level will have military-style ranks with unique names and corresponding icons. To make progress through these new ranks, all you have to do is play the game. Whether you're jumping into your favorite playlist solo or squatting up with your friends, every completed matchmaking game carries you forward. Additionally, career rank utilizes performance-based progression taken directly from your personal score in each match. The better you play, the faster you'll rank up progression. As we alluded to above career rank, career rank will likely feel most like MCC's progression system. 
Tiers, such as bronze, silver, gold, etc., are the largest bucket, which are all broken into smaller military-style ranks, such as cadet or general. Then, within each of those ranks, you'll move in three smaller increments called grades. Career rank progress flows from cadet to general within each tier. Example number one, if you were a bronze private grade one, You'd work through Bronze Private Grade 2 and Bronze Private Grade 3 in order to achieve Bronze Lance Corporal Grade 1. And here's the second example. If you're a Platinum General Grade 3, your next advancement would bring you to the next tier as a Diamond Cadet Grade 1. Presentation. Once you start working your way up through the ranks, you'll also likely want to start showing off your level. Fortunately, there'll be plenty of ways to see your rank and those of other players. A few of the notable places where you can see your accomplishments include during the match intro. Holy shit. When the camera pans to a Spartan, you will now see a banner that displays their career rank. Every individual's player profile will include their career rank. Inspecting a player in the post-game carnage report will show their career rank. And in general, in most places where you see a player's full nameplate, a banner with their career rank will also be displayed. Ultimately, we wanted to make sure that we are recognizing the time that you invest in Halo Infinite. But fuck all the time you did in the past, bitch. We start now! Ensuring that your career rank shows up and is visible to all whenever and wherever possible is key to that celebration. But let's talk about the FAQ. You got questions. They answered them. You're not going to like the answers. Question one. Are career rank levels gated by a CSR rank similar to Halo 3? Fuck no. There's no skill limitations. Now, I played a lot since launch. For real, personally, I didn't, but Will did. Will this include my previous game history? <laughs> oh, you silly child. Fuck no. Career rank will begin tracking your Halo Infinite progression when it lands on June 20th, bitch. Okay. Okay, that sucks. But will I able to will I be able to rank up in custom games forge or the academy? No, why the fuck would you be able to do that, you idiot? You can earn them via personal score and ma multiplayer matchmaking. Okay. Okay. Understandable. That one's, that one's understandable. Snarkiness aside. But, well, we got some double XP boosts. You know, fucking redeeming all those Rockstar codes. You know what I mean? We got the double XP boosts. Those have to work towards career rank progression, right? Right? No, double XP boosts are meant to help players advance through their battle passes via match XP. Fuck your double XP. Well, that one, that sucks too though. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I hear you. You probably, you probably want people to buy the battle passes. You know, you, you're, that's your moneymaker. Cosmetics are your moneymaker. Okay, fine, whatever. What am I going to get? from ranking up 
via these progression ranks? What are the what are the juicy cosmetics I'm gonna get? What do you got for me, three four three? How are you gonna make me look cool? I'm a general cadet grade seven thousand. What are you gonna give me? Huh? Oh, I'll tell you what they'll give you. For select ranks, there are corresponding nameplates oh. as well as armor, oh, weapon, oh, and vehicle, oh. emblems that you can sport in-game on your Spartan gear. Nameplates and emblems, oh, that's what we got for you. Is career rank tied to the battle pass? No. Will career rank impact matchmaking? No. Will career rank ever reset? No. That's it for the regular news. Got our games? Watch nothing. Will's Adventures of the Veilovers. And I played other games too. Will, what'd you play? Uh, played a little Halo Infinite in between uh, waiting for some matches over the weekend. And yeah, that's about it. Wonderful. Yep. Were they fun games? Some of them. Okay. A lot of people quitting or lagging out recently. So I played, uh, played some 3v4s, you know, some 4v1s. <laughs> Great times. Hashtag just infinite things. Oh, yeah. Um. I played games that were not Halo. I played uh, some Destiny 2. Just did the story stuff for the week. Easy and complete like an hour. Mm. Um, I played some more Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, no spoilers or anything, but I am able now to get the Master Sword. I just need to wait for something to appear, and then I can get the Master Sword, and that's all I'll say. And then I played some Diablo 4 because that came out, and it's great. That's all I played. Time for some shout <laughs> Shout out to everyone who's followed and subbed during the live show. Let me catch up real quick. Um, ads ruined Twitch. Jared Sin Calcones, uh, crowned arbiter, pactive, the harbinger, uh, Hunter JJX, Clutchy Clutch, Magic Mike, Ronster, this guy, thank you guys for the follows, greatly appreciated. And then to Danny with the four-month resub, Danny with the gifted sub, uh, Tom with the five gifted uneven elephant with the two month resub arena buff ginger with the seven month resub smiley with the five gifted and zig with the, excuse me, um, three month primer Ziggler with the 12 month resub and collect with the four month resub. You all get a, woo! thank you all very much. Greatly appreciated. John, I will be playing it soon. I'll be playing it soon. Get to the Diablo talk. We're not going to talk about Diablo. It's brand new. It just came out. I'm very early on in act one still. I'm doing a lot of the side content. I'm playing it as a sorcerer. And I think the game's fucking dope. There you go. That's what I'll say about Diablo. Shout out to everyone who's a patron at the semi-pro and higher tiers. That includes Riznak, Zarners, Joy, Mr. Smiley, High Tech, Redneck, Wrath, Goalie Sniper, The Only Neeb, Heavy Rainfall, Elated Dartboard, and Carnage. Thank you all so very much for the additional support over on Patreon. And uh, I seriously can't can't thank you all enough. It's it's awesome. Oh, speaking of Patreon, uh, the Plays with Pro Talk or Pro Talk Plays video is done. 
I just need to get it sent to the proper channels. So last, just behind a little bit from last month. I apologize. It's okay. We'll have it uploaded very soon. Yes. Hammer says I'm still on tears of the kingdom. It's so big. It is really fucking big and it's really fucking good. And then a uh, happy belated birthday to K Mattify. Wait, no, I even should, I shouldn't even say belated. I think it is literally his birthday today. So happy birthday to K Mattify. Oh no, it is belated. I think it was yesterday. Yesterday was his birthday. God damn it. Happy belated birthday, Kelly. God damn it. I actually think he turned 31 as well. Yeah. Welcome to the group, man. Welcome. Hope you enjoy waking up with your back hurting. Uh, uh, <laughs> it fucking uh, blows. Uh, um, yeah, it does. Yeah. Congratulations to real life Spartan and his wife on welcoming Elsie into their family. Congratulations. Very adorable. And congratulations to games done quick on raising $2,239,204 for Doctors Without Borders and MSF. That is amazing. There is a Halo 3 run in there as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I try to make it a point on the show when Games Done Quick is happening. Um, I totally forgot to shout it out on the show before the weekend, before the week started of, of the marathon. Um, but for those, even if you're not really interested in speedrunning, just go watch some Games Done Quick. The more likely than not, they have probably one of your favorite games in the marathon and just seeing it broken and twisted and just taken apart in the weirdest and coolest ways possible. Again, even if you're not a fan of speed running, I'm guaranteed they probably have one of your favorite games that people have run and uh, go watch them. They have a YouTube channel where they upload all of the runs as well um, throughout every single marathon. Again, there was, there was a Halo 3 one. Um, there've been reach ones. There've been two, there's been five, um, go watch them. They're awesome. They're awesome. Community creations, halo memes every day, red.com forward slash r forward slash halo memes. We have frosty's final halo five montage edited by Zents and Hastings. It is great to go check it out. Everything you need to know about going to a land event. It's two times the grind episode 39. Go check that out. And then we have trippy frosty and stellar's greatest hits. From Halo Infinite LAN events by HCS. Go check those video videos as well. There you go. Did you catch the roster mania for Posey? Are you because he's a free agent or what? Am I wrong in seeing that? Like I thought I saw him put out a tweet or something. Yeah, that's it. I just forgot to include it in the show. I apologize, but it was back there in the mind. Um, we'll have to wait and see, right? As with every fucking thing that happens in this godforsaken scene, we'll have to wait and see. Will, yeah, that's all I got. It's been a long one. Yep. So if you wouldn't mind doing me a favor and plug this motherfucking show, hey, we got a Patreon now. Uh, go right check now. it out right now. Um. We're doing extra content over there, extra audio show, video show. Uh, top tiers get to do a little something special with us. Hey, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> Via holy, meta. holy shit, hang on. What the fuck? Thank you for the 10 gifted subs. What the fuck? You get a woo! Times 10. Thank you so much, man. Damn, wow. That's that was incredible. Great, really generous. What the Thank fuck? You. Thank you. Just comes in here, drops 10 like yeah. nothing. Man. Give us 10 well, woos. All right, fuck it. You okay, ask for yeah, it. Okay, go for it. 
Oh man, I almost coughed. All right. Oh, you got this. All right. Better? I think that should that should do it. All right. Patreon. Yeah. Go check it out if you want more content from us. Um, if you want to listen to us on the go, or maybe at work or whatever, you, you, you tune in. <laughs> You'll find us on your favorite podcast services. Just search for HS Pro Talk. We're on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and others as well, like Josh's favorite. Pocket Cast. Still not an ad. Still not an ad. Uh, we and do based have- off Twitch's new fucking yeah, <laughs> just it's on that anyway. Real quick, I'm really sorry, Will. Uh, Jungle says that's my new morning alarm. I hope so. I hope you enjoy it. Um, Ronan says 24 hour stream. I've done those in the past. Never again. Go ahead. Um, hey, if you want to find us outside of the show, but still within the show limitations, uh, Discord, great place. <laughs> Go join that exclamation point Discord and chat. Uh, we're on social media as well. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you want to include TikTok as social media, uh, some shorts going up there. We also have our YouTube channel where VODs, old interview series, everything is all up on YouTube. Go check it out. If you want to watch us live, usually Mondays at 7 p.m. Central on twitch.tv slash hsprotalk. If you go to hsprotalk.com, we'll actually bring you to a different site now. It's Podcast Evolved. Make sure to check out evolvedhalo.com. Your home for Halo. And their great shows such as Podcast Evolved, Mission Debrief, Halo TV Plus, Book Clubs, Build With Blocks, Halo Headlines, and Halo Gear Guide. Hell yeah, man. Do it up. Do it up. That's all I got. I'm ready to pass out. I, yeah. It's been a day. I I agree with that statement. I want (laughs) to try to play some Diablo in the middle of uh, rendering the show, so we'll see what happens. Ric Flair's going to sue you for the woos. You know, no. <laughs> Where's the copyright on the woo? Um, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for episode 290. We're 10 away from 300. Woo. Woo indeed. <laughs> Thanks, Will, for the, for the. You got a mini woo. Yeah, a little woo there. Uh, guys, this is going to do, do it for episode 290. Thank you so much, as always, and I, I truly mean this. I truly mean this. For those who are still here tuning into the live show, um, thank you guys for being respectful in the chat. Uh, it's, it is really appreciated. I know that it's really easy when talking about an individual player, a team, whatever it may be, or even just shitting on our opinions on things. It's easy to take the low road, and I appreciate nobody really doing that. Um, especially during an episode like this. I appreciate you all continuing the conversation, keeping things respectful, keeping things civil. I know I say it basically at the end of every episode, but I truly mean it because you know, like you know how the internet can be, right? And all we're here to do is we're trying to have a conversation, trying to bring different perspectives on things. Yes, it's easy to be negative on things. And as you could tell earlier in the episode, I have been negative on things, but it's, Thank you. That's what I want to say. Um, to those that are listening to the audio version of the show or checking out the VOD on YouTube, thank you as well. It's greatly appreciated. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. Uh, Jungle asks, I've only recently discovered y'all. Welcome, by the way. How long have you been covering HTS? And Aaron says five to six years. And yes, we yeah, it's been yeah. five years since January. Yeah, five and a, almost, we're coming up on five and a half years. Five and a half, yeah. 
So Aaron was spot on five to six years. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Damn indeed. 290 episodes. 290 weeks of shows. Ain't fucking stopping, baby. Um, yeah. DreamHack Dallas is, is done and dusted. The next stop is Arlington. We have lands basically every month till the end of the season. Cannot fucking wait. Land season's finally back. The competition is more fierce than ever before. Teams are hungrier than ever before. And man, cannot wait for Arlington. Can not wait. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you're going to be at Arlington, come find me. I'll have stickers. They're free. Ooh. Come get them. Free I love stickers. stickers. Yeah, we, we love stickers. If you like stickers, come get one for me. They're free. We'll also have an exclusive merch line available for the Arlington Major. So stay tuned for that to go live over on the merch site as well. Exclamation point merch in chat if you're tuning in live. Do we get a free woo for finding you? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Never say never. Justin Bieber. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for episode 290. We'll be back next week to talk about, I don't even know what the fuck we're going to talk about, but it's going to be a fun time regardless because we love chatting with you all about it. Guys, we'll be back next week. But until then, bye-bye.